What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. I got the sexy voice on today because it's Thursday. Of course, it's Thursday. You already know the vibes. You know how we come into Thursday. We come in sexy. We come in nice and smooth. And yeah, we come in determined because I hope everybody's sticking to what they planned on doing at the beginning of the year. I'm going to keep saying it because if you're if you're not, then that's that's an issue. Get back on it. It's not too late. It's never too late. Um, yes, I'm coming in corny as shit. I don't care. My life is in shambles now. Uh, Xbox owns Activision. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know what? Life is going good. I, I have no complaints. I'm just chilling, living my life. Uh, fucking, wh- what have I been playing? Let's just get right into the Nido Grady. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, well, uh, let me, um, uh, let me tell you something. There's a bunch of stuff about a drop on Xbox game pass, like rainbow six extraction. So I was kind of like, eh, what can I play until then? And I landed on Forza and I played a lot of Forza. Don't hate me. Okay. There's a lot to keep up with on that game. And I'm still trying to get all the, all the cars, all the Pokemon. I think I have like 400 and something out of 550 something like I'm on my way to getting a full car collection, so while you're sitting there hating from outside the club, just know that you can't even get in, okay? It is what it is. You don't even own a PC. Stop. You don't even own an Xbox. Stop it. You, you'll, you'll never know the struggle I'm going through. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody's having a great week. You know, this week is... I ain't going to say it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might say it. Yeah, I'm going to say it. It's it's flying by. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're on the East Coast, and the weather is not that great. You know, it's definitely getting a little snowy for no reason. Uh, definitely getting a little cold for no reason. And while there were days in December where I was like, damn, global warming is kicking our ass right now. It's cold. It's freezing right now. It's so cold. And, uh, you know, I, I got to wake up every day, scrape my car. Uh, you know, if I want to cool down my coffee, I go, I go, pull, you know, stand outside for two seconds, let that thing freeze up a bit, come back in, thaw it out. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all frozen at that point. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you get what I'm saying. It's cold. It's, uh, you know, I'm still, still in the shim and it's just, uh, it's a weird time, weird time in our lives where our weather is just unreliable, but where I'm from, weather is always unreliable, so it's like not that big of a deal. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Are you guys playing games? Are you guys playing anything? There's a lot of stuff to play right now, and I, I'm i loving Life is Strange so far. I, I definitely want to post some stuff on that on the Instagram, mystic.maddox, if you ever want to check it out. Uh, I will be posting some more stuff soon. I posted a little gallery of Guardians of the Galaxy pictures on there that I've taken as I was playing it. And uh, if you haven't heard, I gave that a 9 out of 10. I don't know if I even rated it on the episode I reviewed it on. Uh, But, yeah, that game is phenomenal. It could loosely maybe be an 8 out of 10, but it it is a 9 out of 10 for my own personal reasons. I I love it. And that's kind of what this episode's about. You know, we're talking about my personal 10s. What are personal 10s of mine that I'm just like, you know, they're, they're trivial in my life. And... And and let me let me tell you this. I'm going to talk about 10 games today. That doesn't mean that they're my top 10 of all time by any means. Um they're not the only 10s either. 
They're they're not like on some short list. They're not in order. They're just random games that I'm shouting out to being amazing. Uh, if you never even got into it, maybe you. I mean, some, most of these are popular, so it's not that like off the wall that you have to, you know. But I think I don't want this to be taken the wrong way of like, oh my god, this is the top ten. What about Breath of the Wild? What about this? You know, stuff like that. I. It, 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 this is literally just a list of games. It's not in any order. And that's all you need to know going into it. So don't kill me over this, okay? Uh, these are just 10 games that I think are 10s. Uh, that have, have every right to be 10s in their own right. Whether you like these games or not. I personally give them 10s. And I think it's uh, some games I'd like to talk about. I'm very passionate about each one. And I think each one's special in their own way. I think they're all little snowflakes. But before we get to that, let's talk about what I've what have I been playing. Uh, I've already talked about that. What have I been reading? I've read I've read a bunch recently. I started reading I Am a Hero a little bit, which is a zombie manga. I am on book two of Hell's Paradise, which is pretty great. I read Die Dark, which is awesome. I think I've talked about this on the last episode. Uh, but a lot of manga reading has been going on in this household, and I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying it. Might have found a new little pocket of things that I'm like, you know, I, I do that a lot. I, I will come upon something and then I'll become like a diehard fan for a while and then I'll fall off at some point. So, you know, for like for computers, <clears throat> when I needed to make a computer a couple of years ago, I got deep into computer YouTubers and was just watching like Linus Tech Tips, Bitwit, J2, J's Two Cents, uh, nonstop. And those are like my outlets. I would just sit there and learn more and more and more about PCs, even stuff I didn't really understand. I was like constantly watching like all these videos and it just made me appreciate the craft more of like how much effort they put into this stuff, how much they care about certain things, even like the nerdy videos of them reacting to like bad CPU applications of uh thermal paste and stuff. Like it's, it, it's, it's an interesting, weird pocket of things to follow. Uh, just like braille skateboarding on youtube I, I followed that for a while where it's just nothing but skateboard videos and they did weird skateboards and they made a bunch of custom ones and had custom ones sent to them and it was just a bevy of like random skateboarding trick uh videos or 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 experiments rather uh great channel I'd go check them out and you know and then i got into like uh manga and i started i started watching uh jim mint collectibles near mint um, what is his name? The Omnibus guy? Him? Uh, the Anime Man? Just, like, uh, all these, like, manga slash comic people. And I got, like, real deep into comics for a while. And then I collected some more, uh, Omnibuses of, like, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man, X, uh, Uncanny X-Force, um, Planet Hulk, Absolute Carnage, stuff like that. And I just got deep into like omnibus collecting and different, different great omnibus. And I kind of got like some great ones like Planet Hulk and Uncanny X Force. Those are both like really high, highly sought after, and they're really good stories. So, cop those. And then I've I found out a little thing called Berserk, and that Berserk is like a gateway drug. I'll tell you that. Like it, it's such a great story, phenomenal writing, and the art is amazing. If you ever get a chance to check out Berserk, I would recommend getting number one of the deluxe edition books. They're like 50 bucks. It, it is a lot, but it comes with three, three full mangas of Berserk, the first three. And it is 
probably one of the best stories ever told. Probably one of the best, uh, you know, some people say it's the best manga ever. Uh, I don't think it's ever been considered as the best anime ever because animes are apparently garbage. But the manga holds up very well. And uh, regardless of that, my point is to say that I got real deep into manga, following the anime man and like uh, the trash, trash taste podcast. And uh, that's what I've been doing a lot lately, just like watching their vids and, and getting deeper into manga and checking out new manga I've never really would consider. Uh, but that's a typical trend. I like to like dive deep into certain new things like new, you know, if I find like a little pocket of something, I, I like to dive deep into it and that's just been my thing. So I will have a off topic episode about manga just to kind of separate it from all the gaming talk and, uh, have my own little nerdy 30 minute to an hour episode of just like manga and, uh, anime talk. But yeah, man. That I, I love getting into these different things, and uh, I think it's good. I think it like helps you, uh, what do you call it, expand your horizon, horizons, broaden your horizons for like new things. You never know what you might find, and what I found is tons of great Japanese stories and tons of great superhero stories and tons of great uh, ways to build a computer, and I built my own computer, and I actually... I'm proud and like if anything goes wrong with it, I can fix it and I know what to change and I know what to edit and I know what might be wrong with it. Like it's you learn the ins and outs of certain things and it, it helps you in the long run. So I don't know what the moral is there. I'm just saying I'm a big nerd and I, I go deep into random nerdy things. So that's that. But without further to, further to do, further to do, uh, let's get right into the topic of the show. Today we are talking about my personal top tens. Uh, I guess not personal top tens. It would rather be uh, not a top anything. It's just a bunch of tens that I like. <laughs> games I would give a 10. That's probably what I'll title it. Um, 10 games I would give a 10. That sounds that sounds even better. 10 games I would give a 10 by the X Button Podcast. My name is Joe. And it's 10 games I would give a 10. So these, like I said, are not in any order. So don't come for me. And they are not the only tens I've ever I've ever given or wanted to give. Or uh, obviously, this list is probably like probably like a solid. I don't even know how many tens do you think you would give out in your life? You know what I'm saying in terms of video games. How many tens have there been? Um, let's start with like a small number just to kind of be considerate because I'm not sure how many tens are out there. I'd probably say like 40, 50. To be safe. And these are 10 of them. So there's that. If you want to know that. If you want to know what order I'd put them in. Then too bad. Uh, you can you can just assume what they would be anyway. So uh, I'm here to talk about random games. That I would give a 10. And just kind of gush about for a little bit. Starting with. <clears throat> let's see. What do I want to start with? Let's start with. Let's start with. Halo. That's a, that's a safe one to start with. Let's start with Halo. So I had talked about this on the memory lane episode I did a while back where I was talking about like all my experiences back in the day. And, and I had covered the time, the great moment of clarity for me with gaming, or at least one of the, the few moments of clarity for me in gaming where all the stars aligned and it was like a perfect moment where I got to experience a new gaming uh, experience and you know 
I had it special because I got to spend it with my brother. The game was provided by my dad, and it was it was a special moment. And I actually got to experience a really good co-op game in the form of Halo One Combat Evolved. And I think that was that was pivotal for me. I think that game is a fantastic action shooter, obviously. Um, but this was kind of before the multiplayer kind of popped off for the console side of, of gaming. And I'll tell you what, it didn't really feel like it needed it at the time. You kind of didn't really see it at, as that. It was just like such a great benchmark for a shooter campaign uh, story that you're kind of like, okay, it, it doesn't need to be a ton of multiplayer. It can just be this co-op experience or the single player experience. Either way, it's fantastic. And I think what it did for Xbox, obviously, as a whole and how big Halo's kind of become since then, I think... Halo, Halo One. I, I could, I could probably like swap this for Halo One or Halo Two. I just kind of lean more Halo One for one reason is that it's more special in terms of how it was, you know, experienced on my end. But uh, I know Halo Two is probably better performing in multiplayer. However, I think Halo One might have done better with the story. I know Halo Two story is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think uh, the ending was kind of abrupt. And I'm not sure if that was due to development or it's just how they wanted to end it, but definitely felt abrupt to me. So there's that. Halo is definitely one of the one of the one of the Vigi games. Uh, another game is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. I mean, come on, you hear me talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater all the time on this on this podcast, and uh, <clears throat> it's it's pivotal for me because it was one of those games that I was actually able to spend like hours and hours and hours on. Uh, I played that air, airport level nonstop when I was younger. I got to actually get good at it, and I think it became like it slowly evolved into uh, that being like the benchmark of what would become future, you know, Tony Hawk games. What what was important about that game is it introduced reverts and things like that, and um, being able to chain a combo longer than the typical one that was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One or Two. It became a different ball game and a uh, a special one at that. It, it, you know, I, I love I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three so much. I think it was simple. It was still in that era of the arcade classic Tony Hawk games before they kind of went into Tony Hawk's Underground and all of the crazy ones. It was like the the best of the the retro classic Tony Hawk games, and uh, I mean, it had some special like secret characters in there you can unlock. It was so fun and just like trying to get the scores and trying to get all the items and every run was like, it's just classic, man. You can't, you can't beat that experience. I, I know it might not be, it might not age as well as you might think. Like it might play a lot more dated, especially if you compare it to modern versions like the, the Pro Skater remake or uh, any of the, you know, undergrounds or American Wasteland or anything like that. It might be a lot of dated, but Hey, it is a pivotal game for a pivotal boy. Ooh. Uh, so let me go to the next one. I think I'm going to put next maybe Spider-Man. Spider-Man for PS4 and more modern game. There, this, this list has a bunch of games from modern to retro. I, I try to make it, you know, a little bit spaced out. Uh, and like I said, th these aren't the only ones. I, I would also add Portal 2, Metroid Dread, um... Pokemon Gold, a bunch of stuff like that as as an example of things that I did not put on the list just because, I you know, for the sake of time, I can't just talk about all these games nonstop. But let's talk about Spider-Man. If you want to talk about a fresh take 
on a classic character where you get to see him not have an origin, but he gets to uh, start off already as Spider-Man and he kind of falls into this very intimate story with Doc Ock. Uh, sounds sounds a little sus when I say it like that, but uh, you, get, you get my point. Like it, it, The relationship between him, him and Doc Ock is more of a... Uh, I guess it would be akin to like maybe a father figure, maybe a bigger brother figure. Um, obviously, it evolves into him actually becoming Doc Ock. I don't really think that's a spoiler. It's all over everywhere. Uh, but I think his evolution, I mean, once you you know his name is Otto the whole game, and you, you kind of know who that character is if you're familiar with Spider-Man. And it's such a great development of a well-known character, and especially even for Spider-Man, uh, they just got it right. And I think another thing they got right was like the swinging in that game. They also uh, evolved that to the point where it didn't feel tedious to travel around New York. It was very fluid, very easy. And uh, that and the combat was also strung together so well that it kind of followed the Arkham Asylum recipe in a way. Uh, The swinging kind of felt like the classic PS1 Spider-Man or PS2? No, it's PS1 Spider-Man of Spider-Man 2. And then, it, you know, you kind of mix it in with, like, the fluidity of the modern era Arkham games where it kind of leads into uh, counter-attack gameplay when fighting people mixed in with swinging and mixed in with web attacks. Like, they fluidly made... They made they made Spider-Man so fluid, uh, web-fluid, and it's it just works perfectly, man. And then the emotional story, the emotional connection between him and Aunt May in this game is so much stronger than some of the examples we've seen in other forms of Spider-Man. Even the, like the cinematic Spider-Man, I don't think they kind of, I don't think they can compare in terms of relationships with Aunt May. Uh, maybe Tom Holland might be the closest, but it seems like, uh, you know, this Spider-Man is, is someone, I mean, you're introduced early into his world of like, you know, obviously being really close to Aunt May, uh, helping out at Feast and um, kind of being a direct uh, player in her life. And what that evolves into and what it turns out to in the end, it is one of the, like I said, one of the best Aunt May uh, Spider-Man relationships I've ever seen. So, you know, overall, that game is such a benchmark for what a superhero game needs to be. And, uh, I mean, they got from the gameplay to the voice actors to the uh, performance on their face to the the story as a whole to the gameplay not getting too repetitive and uh, the evolution of your skills and all this and all the outfits they had in the game. Then they had the DLC packs later. Like, it's such a solid package that it's kind of hard to argue that it's, you know, it, it is a 10. I don't care what you guys say. It's in my book. These are all my book. It's a 10 in my book. <clears throat> Another game is Link Between Worlds, a Link game. Yes, not Breath of the Wild, not uh, a lot of other choices like Ocarina of Time. And this is for specific reasons. Ocarina of Time I love, absolutely love. But I made it to the water water dungeon and I fell off because I just got lost in it. Sorry. Maybe that's bad dungeon design. I don't know. I got lost like crazy in there. And I, I got to the point where I do not know if a guide could help me get out of it. That's how bad it was. Um, at least from my memory, this is like years ago, so I'm I'm not too sure on it. Then Breath of the Wild, I kind of fell off as well because it was such a, 
they give you so much freedom in that game. And I think for a Zelda game, I, I like it more when it kind of follows a structure. I think the open world aspects were okay. I think they kind of try to go too a, a little too simulated with the the damaging weapons and the like realistic elements like lightning and stuff. I think they kind of went too far in that direction when they could have kind of maybe spent more time on actually making the shrines either dungeons or just getting rid of the shrines entirely and making them making the making the game have dungeons. And I'm kind of hoping what uh I hope I'm kind of hoping Breath of the Wild 2 brings that as well. But Link Between Worlds, it's on 3DS. It is such a simple game. You get to turn into the 2D drawing and go into the dark world. And there are so many flips on that. And obviously, it's not anything really new in terms of going into a dark world when Ocarina of Time kind of does that as well. Instead of instead of dark, it's like more of a future and past type thing. Um, Link Between Worlds does it so well. I think the characters they introduce uh, are so... Are so interesting, I, you know. I, I think it kind of sits perfectly in what a Zelda game should be, and it, it very much follows the old style of Zelda in terms of slightly grid-based, where you're kind of like walking, and it's it's like the old school retro, but like an updated version uh, of the game. And uh, yeah, man, I, I haven't played that game in so long, but it is such a fantastic Zelda game in terms of you know level design. Uh, using the actual gimmicks to get into the dark world and the in the real world where you actually go through a crack in a wall and it, it literally flips the entire world on its head and uh, it's such a it's, su- it's such a great level design gimmick that it, it just works so much in its favor that it's hard to say that it's not a 10 in my book I absolutely love link between worlds another game and this is probably easier than than most of these games <clears throat> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, Smash Brothers is such a intimate time I get to have with my friends. I get to spend a lot of time with my friends and play uh, it, like very intense matches. I get to I've had <clears throat> I've had matches where it's like dead quiet in the room and we're just like clicking buttons because we're so like you know competitive and into it. And then I've had ones where we're dying laughing because we're just like chasing each other around the map, or you know like we're playing four player, or eight player, or whatever. Uh, and it's just like a big romp in the room and everybody's yelling and stuff. And uh, we, we create like random challenges and attack each other. And we, we kind of like mess around with the game modes a bit. It's such a, a well-designed game. It's like the, it's like, it's the perfect, it's the perfect Smash Brothers. I mean, they have like everything you need there competitive wise and fun wise. And they have all the characters. I mean, it's such a ode to gaming as a whole that it's kind of it's another one that's kind of hard for me to argue that it's not a 10 in my book it's it's given me like over 400 hours or something like that of gameplay uh just for me you know playing with my friends and just having them over a bunch it's given me reasons to kind of uh spend more time with my friends and we got to just bond over it as a whole uh the reveals they did at the nintendo directs was also such a a wave of excitement that I'm not sure future Nintendo directs are going to be able to mount up to that kind of hype. Uh, like what, what do these future ones look like? I'm not sure. Obviously with breath of the wild two coming, that's going to be a thing. I'm sure at E3 this year, we're probably going to get some type of Mario Odyssey two announcement or something like that, where they kind of like set that next wave of excitement up. But you know, in terms of that, that hype beast mentality of, seeing the new characters at like every event, you know what I'm saying? They had one at the game awards and uh, they were just popping up everywhere. And it's such a, a hype moment to see who's going to be next. And a lot of people were hoping for crash bandicoot. The Sora reveal was crazy. 
every character I wanted got added to the game. That's another reason why I absolutely give this a 10. Um, going into the game for the first time, I actually really wanted King K. Rool. That got announced. Uh, after King K. Rool, I was like, okay, what are some villains that haven't been added? And I... Uh, looked at I, I was looking at each franchise franchise and I saw a cloud and I was like oh that would be so sick if Sephir- Sephiroth was added uh, and then he was added and then I, I literally predicted like three of them and I was like all right well uh, they're added this game's also made by Bandai Namco or helped with by uh, Bandai Namco and I was like what else could they add I would really love Kazuya or I, I think I said Kazuya or Hiachi I even said it on the podcast where I was like I really want one of them in there they add Kazuya and I damn near cried at that reveal trailer. It's so great. Um, that was like the peak for me, I think. I, I, Kazuya and Tekken is like one of the closest things that I just, I like one of, one of the biggest things in gaming that I love that is just like, it's bonkers. Actually, now that I mentioned, I'm probably going to swap it out with something else I have on my list. But yeah, man, fucking crazy, crazy, crazy how great uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. I guess until the recent, <laughs> until until it just got finished, uh, it's not going to give much anymore. But I, I know at any time I could always rev it up and play with my friends and have them over or go over their place and uh, know that I will definitely have a blast playing that. Because um, there's so many options. There's still other characters I can kind of get good with or try to learn. And it's, 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 uh, it's an endless pit, it feels like. And another game is, I kind of hinted towards it, but I'll go ahead and say it, is Tekken 3. Tekken 3 was, at a, at the time, you know, one of the best fighters ever made, I, I would I would say. Uh, in terms of just, like, balance, they had balance outside of maybe Gon's little bitch-ass and Dr. B. Some of the bonus characters were kind of, like, breaking that whole vibe, but... The base game and like everything they kind of did with the story and I mean what you can kind of decipher of the story um, and all the endings. It was just such a, a great package of gameplay of characters. The character roster was so great um, from like Jin to Law to True Ogre. Like they had such a random assortment of characters, even the bonus characters to an extent. Uh, it just it it. it it was such a big range of characters and it, it kind of felt like a, uh, I guess like a smash ultimate of, at the time. It, it was a lot of characters compared to like Tekken two and one that it felt like a, a huge next step, especially with, like I said, how it's balanced and how it plays. Uh, also not to mention this has undeniably some of the best music in gaming, uh, which if you haven't heard Tekken three soundtrack, go peep that they got some, they got some bops on there. So does Tekken Tag. It's another one. Um, and then, speaking of soundtracks, banger soundtracks, Donkey Kong Country, man. Donkey Kong Country on the NES, or I guess the SNES, uh, is Donkey Kong's single-player side, you know, platformer game, whatever you want to call it. It is a classic. I, I remember playing this with my family, like my parents, uh, I remember trying to get through certain bosses with them and, and watching them play. And then I would be able to play. And uh, as I got older, I got to play it to completion and just beat the whole thing. And the range of like difficulty in that in that game and like how silly the story is and how the how the you know, the background level you're walking through is just an image. But it, it, it works so well in the SNES like it, everything is like a pixelated image, but it, the detail in terms of how many pixels are in, in each image 
makes it look a lot more impressive than comparable games on the system at the time. So what they kind of did with that was like they pushed the boundary of actually making it, you know, graphically impressive for an SNES game. And they did not fail that on top of the music. Like I said, since that was a segue into this, some of the music on that game is stuck in my head. The aquatic theme, you know, the, uh, the main menu sequence, like the the way the game starts, uh, where it's like that shit, man. I I could listen to that at the damn gym. I actually might do that next time. That that song bops so fucking hard. Uh, if if anybody could add some bass boost to that and just get that boom 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 boom. And then <laughs> yeah, that in the fucking aquatic theme. If you just want to zen out. Maybe indulge yourself in some things and then just listen to that aquatic theme. It is beautiful. Whatever they did back in the day to get that on the SNES is mind blowing. It is such a great, such a great track that I'm like, wow. Um, but yeah, man, Donkey Kong Country is phenomenal. It's so fun to play. So, so fun to play. Uh, and arguably could be frustrating to play. It's, it is very difficult. It's not the easiest game out there. But I think with that comes like that's the challenge. There's a, a varying level of challenge as you get through the game, and there are some some enemies that'll fuck you over. But some of the bosses and some of the character designs are like so weird and kooky that like it, it gives that it gives that game such a special vibe to it that uh, I think some of the other Donkey Kong games don't really succeed in. So there's that. And then uh, another game it looks like we have what is it? Uh, three more. Or four more. No, we have four more. We did Halo, Tony Hawk, Spider-Man, Link Between Worlds, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And then we did Donkey Kong Country. Uh, next, we're talking about God of War, of course. You know, it recently was added to the PC. This is the PS4 updated version. Uh, I, I've said before that it is my favorite game of all time. Uh, and I'd, I'd, be able, I'd be willing to stand by it. I think that, obviously, if you were to argue, like, what about Last of Us? That could easily be there, too. Hey, that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. But for now, God of War is such a special game. The story they created, the redemption arc of Kratos going from this badass dude who kind of, uh, you know, for what do you, what's the right word to say? Uh, relentlessly just kills everything he sees to get redemption for the death of his family. It spanned over three games, arguably four. And, uh, you know, this one comes around. He's kind of, like, retired. He's kind of got a kid. He's he's obviously set up a new life in this Norse mythology. And uh, now the Norse myth, myth gods are kind of coming for him. And that leads to, like, a whole new set of things that are happening with his son, with how he, how he, how he develops as a person, how you can kind of see him slowly starting to care for Atreus and uh, become more of a dad and become, like, all right, well... You know, maybe my past life was fucked up, but now I actually get a redemption to prove to myself and my new son that I can be the dad that I was robbed of being before. And that development is such a special moment where you kind of get to see, uh, obviously in many moments in this game, where you get to see like him kind of hint towards his want to be a normal dad and just like be able to, to have that life with Atreus and just like, not only for Atreus, but just for himself, even like it might be a little bit more on the selfish side because he's he's been selfish this entire time, obviously killing all these gods. 
uh, not just really considering that revenge isn't really the the best option. Um, but it's so beautiful how how they make that game with its music. It's like the fucking uh, like their 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 hums and uh, the drums and the bums, uh, and then just like the voice actors and the performance they put on is so special. Man, I I, I really I really can't like stress enough that this is one of the most special games ever made. If you have not played God of War, go play it. It's on PC now. You have no excuse. Go play it. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's about revenge. And what else is about revenge? Last of Us 2. And I'd argue that Last of Us 1 is also about revenge. So I'm going to pair them together. Last of Us as a whole. It's a continued story. So let's just chunk them together. Last of Us 1 and 2 is, again, undeniably one of the greatest games ever made. It's so beautiful. Uh, Gameplay-wise, I think it holds up okay in the first one and even better in the second one. Uh, it's not going to be the game you kind of go, oh my god, I can't wait to go home and play Last of Us Like in terms of like gameplay and shoot some stuff up. It's not really like something you should enjoy doing. It's kind of made to be um, something you're kind of... like. They frame the gameplay in a certain way to where you are kind of just like Ellie and Joel. You're kind of forced to be the survivor. You don't really want to shoot and like kill everything. It's not something you kind of go into enjoying. It's more like people, the world is dangerous that you're in and they're kind of showing you like, Hey, you better fight back or else. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like the theme of the first game where like, uh, you know, you're going to get eaten up if you don't try to survive. And that is very much like how the, the first game kind of like ends in a way. Uh, no spoilers here if you haven't seen it, if you haven't played it or seen it. But hey, man, if you haven't seen the ending or even the beginning, like I, I remember when I I sat down, started playing this game, and uh, the first, I want to say like the first 20 minutes of that game, maybe 30. I'm not sure. I don't remember how long that entrance is. But by the time you leave your house and stuff goes down, already tears. I was already crying. I'm a big baby. I cry a lot. It is what it is. Like not on the average. I'm not gonna do the dishes and start crying. It's more like, you know, it's easy to make me cry. I cried when I watched Spider Man. Like, you know, I I cried everything. I'm a little nerd, but Last of Us. It, it's such a simple moment at the beginning of the game. You don't even know these characters that well, but you can recognize the set of like implications that are going on. The the things that are developing in that moment. You're like, holy shit. This is such a powerful moment to start on. And it sets the tone for the rest of that game. You're kind of like, all right, he's he's dealing with... I guess it's not... It's it's an old game, whatever. He's dealing with loss. And you're kind of sitting there like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? How is he going to like develop relationships past this point? Uh, because he had his own family kind of going on. And he had uh, his family members even kind of around there with Uncle Tommy. Uh, it was just developing in a certain way where like it, the family was stripped from him and you see even in his like survivor group, he wasn't really the most open, friendly dad character, but he was obviously a, a somewhat close family to like Tess and, and some of the, you know, some of the things going on in that, in that time, which that was even short lived. So, uh, the game is based on like. The first game is based on trying to cope with loss, trying to 
survive. I think that's like the biggest theme of the first one where like you're seeing clickers, you're seeing uh, uh, scavengers, you're seeing, you know, people tricking people, uh, bandits, like all, all kinds of groups of characters. And you see like the good people who might not be good, like the fireflies. And, uh, and then it leads up to this like big ass climax where, you've developed new new relationships you've seen people have lost that were not directly in the story and uh you felt for them even like the 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 two kids they run into like halfway through the game and uh you see the little brother gets bit it's spoiler it's like what what is it like nine years now nine years old uh basically it is such a great moment or such a not great <laughs> that the, that he gets bit, but it's it's such a powerful moment where you kind of get to see uh, Ellie, who is mostly innocent in that moment, kind of like get to sit there and have a moment of having a friend, having a dad, having a neighbor. Uh, it's it's a brief moment, so literally like one night, and she has that moment. She gets to she gets to bond with the kid and realize that she's not the only one in the world that's like wanting to survive. Obviously she knows her place is a lot more important with where she's going, but uh, she knows that like, you know, some people can't have a normal life. And unfortunately by that time it's already too late and she gets to see the dark side of it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the most upbeat game ever, but what a game it is with how, beautiful it's written how great uh joel and ellie are acted and portrayed by like ashley johnson and troy uh, troy baker man i need to go play that game again i need to go play last of us one again and two god i could talk about that all day i absolutely love that series um then let's get the rest out of here and then we'll we'll call it a day uh next up you guys are gonna hate me uh, the next step is Dark Souls, and you know why. Dark Souls is a special thing. Uh, as I've gr- grown older and got into manga, I found out that Berserk is a huge influence on the Dark Souls series, and now that I'm playing it and I've played it or whatever, I definitely can see all the influences, and I, I recognize all the influences. Um, you know, each one they pulled from, from Berserk, and, you know, it's phenomenal. I hope Elden Ring dives more into that. I hope they do a Berserk game now that uh, Mura is dead and uh, has passed away not too long ago. I think, which is the artist of the of Berserk, if you haven't, if you didn't know, um, Kentaro Mura. I think, I think Dark Souls is a special game. I, I know there's a lot of like comments about difficulty and uh, how there needs to be like an easy mode or whatever. Uh, that argument aside, I, th- I think what it does without having that is so interesting. It's it's a challenge from the gate. It's it's one of the few games you can start and the first area will kick your ass. Um, and it's not just like... <clears throat> it's not something where you go, okay, this game is impossible to beat. Some people do. Some people... I think that's what turns people off. It's like some people go, oh my God, this game is so hard. I'm done. It's really not the case. If you take your time, if you figure out the game, if you learn the rules, if you learn like the soft rules that they don't come out and just, you know, pan feed you all the rules. They, 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 you know, they, they don't do all that. 
But if you go into it and go, okay, let me learn what I need to do. What, what am I doing wrong to get hit by this character? Oh, okay, he does this this tell before he does it. I can just roll away. I can block the whole time. That's another thing. Keep your shield up. You can lock on. There's things to make it simple with the basic mechanics to make it a lot more easier than what it has to be or what you were probably doing before. Because some people come, go in thinking, oh my God, it's a hack and slash. Just go in, wail on people. Uh, there's going to be a lot more forgiving stuff. It's like, no, if you run into the first area, you can get bombarded by skeletons and die within like the first 20 minutes. Uh, actually this game starts off with two boss fights. Technically the same boss, but you run into them twice. So it's, uh, and you can beat them. I've, I've beaten them with the little dull sword you start off with. It took forever, but you can definitely do it. And it's, it's one of the easiest bosses, but like people will probably look at that and be intimidated another little trick a little cheat code for dark souls if you want like a uh, seasoned player's perspective um go in and don't be intimidated by the bosses uh the bosses are designed to push you back and if you go backwards if you kind of like run away from the boss or keep your distance they will wail on you like crazy kill you super fast uh, some of the bosses are easier to fight if you just go right up on them. Literally walk up to them, uh, rub your body on their legs, like literally just like walk up and just wail on their legs. And some of those bosses can kind of be taken care of that way. Others you probably get mollywopped, but uh, <clears throat> if you follow that, if you follow that rule, you can kind of get around all the tediousness of Dark Souls. But the world they set up in that. Is so beautiful. I think the uh, the landscape's kind of changing from like new uh, and Orlando to like uh, what is it the Sin Fortress, uh, Blight Town, like all all these different areas. They are drastically different, and the enemies in each area are kind of like these demonic characters or some that don't look too demonic, but they're like bug like, or, you know, and then you find some humans, but you find out that they're hollow or not hollow. And they're, you know, there's a varying levels of stuff going on and they don't come out and even tell you the story. So like you might even be lost in that regard. Uh, but if you take the time to kind of just sit down, read item descriptions, just like kind of spend time in the world and take it at your own pace. Like don't rush through the game and just kind of whatever is, it's, it's one of those games that rewards you for taking your time and kind of like figuring out how to fight each boss. It's not impossible. It's not made, it's made to be difficult and punishing, but it's something that is made to be learnt. It's not made to be, you know, unbeatable. So if you come in with the perspective of like, all right, all of this is beatable. You can beat it 100%. People have, I have, uh, I've beaten multiple of these, of these games over and over again. So it's like, they're not the hardest thing under the sun. You can actually do it. Um, but if you kind of go in not being intimidated, uh, it actually works a lot more in your favor. It's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, the games are way easier if you're not intimidated. Um, but such a great game. absolutely love the world. I love the characters, man. Even the bosses. Their bosses have so much unique designs and music and uh, <clears throat> movesets. I'm sorry. I keep doing that. Movesets and level designs. It's Man, it's such a beautiful game. It's just a, a walking art piece you're kind of going through with like difficult controls and, uh, you know, different varying levels of fuckery going on. Uh, and also I would argue that like some, some of the other Dark Souls games might be easier jump on points. Uh, they only got more user friendly as it got closer to like Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and stuff. So take it with a grain of salt. Maybe Dark Souls 1 isn't for you, but I think it's the one that got me into it and I'm, I love it so much. 
And last up is a very simple game called Super Mario World. It's an easy one. I love Super Mario World. Uh, I, when I was a kid, I played it a bunch. I, I'm not a big expert at it. I don't. I don't think I know like a ton to talk about with this game, but uh, I've have like for example, I randomly was thinking about the music. I always I keep bringing up music, the uh, the music in the menu, and I was just like humming it or, uh, the other day, and I was like. Oh yeah, that's Super Mario World. It's such a it's such a unique game in terms of just like having you know it just had so much flavor. Like that game had so much going on in it that it kind of separated itself from just like a level level to level type game. It, it it had its overworld, it had its special little pockets, its secrets and um obviously it it, it itself was a um what do you call it? A climax in the Super Mario games at the time. It kind of had all the the ones before it. And this was like the best of all that kind of in a way. In its own new flavor, you know. Uh, such a special game. I absolutely love it. And hey, man, that has been 10 games that I absolutely love. I don't know how else to put it. 10 for 10 on the X Button Podcast. These are all 10s that I love. And I'm sure you guys have a bunch of 10s. Feel free to let me know in the email below or my mystic.maddox Instagram uh, where I cover a bunch of the updates on the podcast. I also show off a bunch of gaming content that I come up with. Uh, So go follow me on there. Check me out on there. And I appreciate you guys for listening. I'll see you guys on Friday, baby. Today's Thursday. Have a great Thursday.